Welcome to Anecdotes for Success with Matt and Paul. Storytelling is an art form, emphasizing the value and learning that is created through personal experience. Our purpose is to share these stories and experiences with the listener. Everyone has a powerful testimony. Let's use them to level up to our best life with truth, meaning, trade-offs, and perspective. Big shout out to Isaac Mather for the new podcast intro. You can check Isaac's music out on all socials or directly at IsaacMatherMusic.com. So, so I do this on purpose. I told you yesterday in the message that 99, well, almost always, because there's been one or two exceptions. Uh, Matt never knows who's coming on. And, you, you know, a lot of guests like to... Uh, wonder, you know, what should I prep for? What should I prepare for? What should I talk about? And what Matt and I like doing is literally just have a conversation. Like we're meeting you at a Starbucks or a Dunkin' and you look like a nice guy. We come over and talk to you and have a 45 minute conversation and you, you dictate it. There, there's no gotchas. There's just maybe a lot of disagreeing. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) You never know. (laughs) So yeah. uh, But, but we'll start with there, Matt. Uh, my partner Matt, we, but we've been childhood friends. I mean, you were what four years younger than me, Matt? Three years yep, younger yep, than me in high yep, school. I think four. Yep. So, so as we got into high school, we drifted apart from the neighborhood football games and things like that because three, four years in high school is a long time. And when I started teaching at New Visions nine years ago, I called Matt because I thought he was still the general manager at the First Arena, and. I didn't realize his ship sailed. We just talked about it in a couple episodes ago, Matt's story. And now I'll, I'll brag about Matt a little. He's New York State's largest subway franchiser. He's got a promotions business. He's got real estate. And he just loves to talk all things entrepreneurship, personal growth, and success. Did I did I give you a good intro, Matt? Yeah, Paul. That's impressive. I'll take you on the <laughs> road with me. Yeah. And Larry, Larry, you and I have met a couple times. So... I mean, at this point, you you go back as far back as you want and start wherever you want. And I'm guaranteeing you, Matt, will interrupt and ask a question before <laughs> I do. So, sure. Okay. All right. So I'll yeah. just I'll just go through my story. Well, first, yeah. Mr. Richmond, Mr. Richmond, I have to call you Mr. Richmond because my wife said my wife said she knows you. Uh, she went to Edison. No way. And, yeah. So her name is Courtney Schroyer. That was her maiden name. No, no, I did not know that was your wife. Yes, yep, yep. Wow. Yeah, I had, yep. small world. Well, I feel like this is like some reality moment on a show. Like I, I just got I mean, I've I've seen her a bunch. I had no idea. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, well, absolutely. you can call me Paul. She can't, but you can. All right, there we go. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm joking. You, you know. Before you, as you get started, the funniest thing is some kids, the day they graduate high school, have no problem calling me Paul or P. Rich or whatever they want to call me. Some, <laughs> it's a battle while you're teaching them. And others, it I guess it's a respect thing. Years go by and they just can't get themselves to do it still. I think that's funny. Yeah, I'm, I'm the same way. I, I run into my old gym teacher from middle school, uh, Mr. Dilly. And in fact, yeah. I don't know his first name, but I... Still call him that, and he's like, "No, you don't have to call me that." <laughs> but that's you know, uh, I guess I'm a little old school in that fashion that I'll still call him that. 
It, well, and again, there's no right or wrong way, right? Sure, sure. sure. Yeah, so let's get started. Right, Go ahead. Right, let's get, um, I guess I will, I'll start at the end. I'll do it like a Netflix series, right? Start at the end, give you hints <laughs> in the end, and then we'll go back. Oh, I like it. That's that's right? unique, Larry. That's good. Show the end result, and then we'll figure out the story. Uh, so right now, I'm the Director of Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion at uh, Elmira College. Uh, I'm a Title IX coordinator there, uh, which uh, some people are not familiar with what Title IX is because it's specific to higher education. Title IX is a federal code. Uh, my job is to uh, um, facilitate the adjudication of sexual assault, sexual harassment, et cetera, uh, between students on campus. Um, every hey, Larry, Larry, I'm, I'm interrupting a lot quicker. Go than for normal, it. But I just if, if full disclosure, I, I'm an adjunct at Elmira College. So. Uh, oh, look at that. When yeah, yeah, yeah. So business? I just wanted to connect those dots. So now that I know I saw your Elmira College thing pop up, but I adjunct at Elmira the sports management class. Oh yeah, yeah, yep. that, that it just started last, you know, last semester there, and and uh, got involved, and 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 I adjunct for another university as well, but I do. I'm at Elmira College, so anyway, small world, and and that oh, we'll I just wanted, to, I just wanted to bring that up. That's all. Yeah, no, that's good. We'll probably run into each other, some meetings, and some get-togethers. So I hope so. I hope so. Yeah, absolutely. So, so I, I apologize. Please continue. No, don't, no, don't. Yeah, cut in because I don't know. You know, we'll we'll see. So cut in. Um, but yeah, so that's where I'm at now. I'm working on. I'm a um, a candidate, uh, a doctoral candidate for strategic leadership at Liberty University. Uh, hoping to obtain my doctorate here soon. I'm I'm starting my research now. Uh, author of two books. I just published two books. Self published two books. Um, so that's that's kind of where I'm at now. Um, um, those books are sold on Amazon. Well, what are the names of them? Yeah, and then I'll, I'll make sure afterwards I put them in the link in the bio, too. OK. All right. Good. Uh, so the first book is called Get It, Got It Good. And um, that is more of a self-help book. Uh, it's kind of a lesson. It was a phrase that my Aunt Jackie used to say to us when we were younger, when she was kind of telling us what to do and giving us instruction. <laughs> it was kind of like, do you get it? you got it now you know now go and do it right so that's what good means not are you comfortable not are you content but now that you get it and got it get out of my face and get to work right so that's kind of insane i think i'd and, like her <laughs> I, I like her already yeah absolutely absolutely so it and really that's a big part of my story once we get there but uh that that's more of a self-help book kind of simplifying life and if we break it down you'll see that you'll be more successful and then the second book is called The All-In Initiative. So I did some work in the local um, school district, Elmira City School District, um, where I was kind of a contracted service provider, where I'd work with the students and do several things. And we'll talk about that later. But really, this is kind of the way I, I described it is a parable. It's not necessarily the true story, uh, but it was inspired kind of by my work. Um, the name of the school is Southside Free Academy. If uh, you guys have been around, uh, it's a mixture of right two schools. Yeah. Uh, and so it's 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 fictional, right? Um, yep. It's a fictional tale of you know how you know how you how you could how you how I would uh, you know impact a, a school if I had the opportunity or or something like that. So you might you might enjoy something like that, uh, Mr. Richmond, with your role at the school. So. 
so that's that's kind of where I am now. Uh, but where I started was I'll go back to 17 years old. So 17 years old, uh, I am a high school dropout. I dropped out of high school at 17. Mm. Um, and I've been out of the home, out of my home since 17 and never really went back. But even though I have a healthy, good, loving relationship with my parents, uh, I was just on the wrong, wrong path. Very, you know, very uh, wrong path for a very long time. And it wasn't until I was about uh, 25 or so uh, when I when I kind of started to turn things around um, in my life. Um, so I guess, you know, to go there's a lot in between there, but to uh, I'm very blessed right now and have a lot of gratitude and honor and a lot of the work that I do that uh, I went from, you know, the data says or used to say anyway, 78% of the people that drop out of high school end up dead or in jail by 25. So wow. I'm here, I'm here at 40 with a dot with bachelor's degree, master's degree, doctorate, and I work in higher education, right? So I am someone who hated education to now someone who lives his life based around it. Um, and I do a lot of it in my free time. I meet students on my lunch break. I meet my wife and I do some work after helping them with their FAFSA and applying for colleges and uh, we do this, you know, all day, uh, all day and all night. Um, so that's, I guess we'll start there and then I guess go from there. And then. Yeah, Larry, that, that, that in itself is, is tremendously interesting. First of all, did you grow up locally? Like I'm, yes. I'm a horse heads kid and all that. So got it. Okay. I, I figured, but I just, I just thought I'd, I was curious. Um, fill, fill, fill us in on, I mean, you drop out at 17, you know, why and and how do you how do you what gets you back you know to where you are now what gets you back on the education you know path yeah. I guess if you will like is there was there was there a moment you know what I mean was there a series of moments like you know yeah. what what made you what made you you know do that and I got so many follow-ups but but please you'll probably answer most of them but yeah, yeah. and I'm next by the way so yeah I know okay. <laughs> I wish I could just Block Paul out sometimes. <laughs> well, you just do the raise your hand function. They have a raise your hand function. It doesn't work with me, does it? <laughs> right. No, no. no. So, yeah, what I guess to answer your first question, what led to it? And I think it was uh, a lot of the things that a lot of the, I see students struggle with now, which is wanting to grow up too fast, uh, thinking you have everything. Um, you know, I'm 17. Okay, I have it figured out. I'm good to go. Uh uh, I know it's legal now. Marijuana was a big was a big part of it. And that's what I you know, a lot of the conversations that I have uh, with students now, um, there's a great commercial that they don't air anymore. And it was this commercial about weed, smoking weed. And it said this little boy he's about 12 years old. He's walking down. He was walking in his house and he said, my brother smokes weed. Uh, he didn't rob a bank. He doesn't you know, crash his car. He doesn't. And as he's saying all these things, he's walking through the house, the 10 year old boy. Then he walks down to the basement. There's his 35 year old brother. He goes, he doesn't do any, it, he doesn't do anything at all. I remember that. I remember yeah. that. And uh, it's actually a symptom called a motivational symptom, uh, a, a motivational syndrome. And really that was kind of the spark of it. I just had no motivation. Uh, there was a lot of, um, I wouldn't say imposter syndrome yet, but really it was those cases in which I felt too stupid to go to class. I didn't want to raise my hand. I didn't want to show up and face the teacher because I know I didn't do my homework or if I did do it, I didn't do, uh, it was probably not right. And I didn't want to go through that process. And it, 
and just kind of compounded. You know, my parents grew up very, very poor and they worked very, very hard. Mm. Um, so they were they were blue collar workers. My dad worked for the water board um, since he was 16 until he retired. My wow. mom worked, you know, um, so my mom worked. So they were very work. But, you know, this education thing or higher education wasn't something that was in our family. I'm the first in our household that went to college. So just I, I, I just fell into the wrong crowd. And that's kind of sparks to what I do now. I want to be the person who I wish I had back then. Uh, just that's someone that's uh, is not a family member, but someone that's like a like a just a resource for these young men and women to say, hey, look, you can do it. It is possible. Um, I kind of gave up on myself really quick and that kind of led to it. So what kind of sparked the turnaround first was was uh, uh, Mr. Richmond's student when I met my now wife was really kind of the spark of, you know, you guys, you guys married. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Oh, right. yep. 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 All right. So you get it when you meet someone, sometimes just the whole world opens up. And that's kind of what happened was like, I just started to see myself. I wanted the white house and the picket fence. I wanted to do this. I wanted to have a college savings account and I want it, but here I am a high school dropout. Uh, I did get uh, obtain my GED by the time I was 21. And it was like, oh, man, I, like I want to do all these incredible things now because I have this person. And mm. really around 25, me and her kind of kind of um, kind of gave ourselves to God and uh, connected with our faith. And that really is what sparked this other turnaround, because that's when I went back to college. And that's when everything kind of and I felt God calling me to say, calling me to something which was the exact opposite. It wasn't like I dropped out of school and I got really good at business and sales. It was, yeah. I dropped out of education and I became really good at education. Um, and that's the calling and purpose I felt in my life at that time. And I've never really looked back. Um, I really never really looked back. So us connecting to our faith uh, really, really sparked the turnaround. Um, so yeah, I hope that answers. Go ahead, Paul. Well, I was going to say, when you were 18, why did you not like school? I always like it because I know a lot of good students that don't like school. So yeah, it's, sure. it's and it has nothing to do with your grades. It, it almost took more courage, you could argue, to drop out and go do your thing and say, screw the system instead of just go through the motions like a lot of kids. Yeah, that's true. That's true. What? Kids do, uh, in my opinion. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. You do see a lot of that. And then. And I think back then, I think there was the alternative school was a little more, it was local. And so nowadays kids will do that. Um, back then kids would disappear a little bit more often. Um, you know, I had, I had friends that might've been a year older that had children, right. Or might've been my age and had children. And I had friends that were my age that weren't in school. Um, so, and it wasn't really the school. I guess we can go into, yes, as a 17-year-old, I didn't like school because it, I felt it didn't give me the freedom I wanted to, to, to obtain. But now that I look back, that was a little flawed. Nothing wrong with the school system. Uh, do I wish the school system, that's a, I, I guess that's a separate conversation, uh, right. educate, how education could change. But it wasn't, I can't blame this on the school. I cannot blame my decisions on the school. Yes. No 17 year old wants to be controlled and told what to do and want the freedom. And I really took that to a whole nother level. Um, you know, I was a, 
I love football. I was a really good football player. And it was a situation in which I, I stepped away from football and it kind of led me in the wrong path. And if I think if I stuck with that, it would have gave me a cohort of friends and, and things like that. Um, so I think that, I think those are the factors. I don't want to blame it on education, but I hope that answers your question. Yeah, no, no. I, I'm always just curious about that. Yeah. No, I, I get that a hundred percent. I didn't know if you had a follow up there, Paul. Oh, no, no, okay. no. I was okay. waiting for you for once. That's the most silence we've ever had on the podcast. <laughs> yeah. I know. I thought you were going to say something. So, yeah, I was trying to be respectful, you know, see how that goes. Um, no, Larry, what – so so you – from that 21 to when, when you go – and well, first of all, why – what made you decide to go get your GED? And then from, from that point to – did you say 25 when you graduated uh, – with your bachelor's, I, I presume. Like, well, twenty five is when I started. So twenty five st- is when I decided when you started. To, okay, okay. Yeah, so what what was what was going? What happened to get, what? You know, why go get the GED and then why start college? That I mean, gosh, that's old, right? And that must yeah. have had its own challenges. And I don't know if if you have children or did yeah. you know or if you do if you did then or any of those kinds of things. But I imagine that had some uh, some several challenges. Oh, sure. Absolutely. I, I think it was just standard. You know, my parents were like, look, you ha- you're going to need a high school diploma, you know, and, you know, I'm turning 18, 19 and I realized, OK, I can only work, you know, 15 hours a week for so long. Uh, yeah. There's I got I have to do something. Right. And in fact, this is this is how bad I was. In fact, the GED test was two days. Uh, in my naive mind, I took one day and I didn't show up for the second day, the first time I took the test, thinking, ah, you know, I'm sure I'll be fine. Right. And uh, so it was another wake up call. So then I went back, really sat down and took the test. Uh, and then I even tried Corning Community College. And this is a story I share with all my students uh, that struggle, uh, that really struggle. In two years, I obtained 10 credits from Corning Community College. Wow. And and because a lot of students I uh, work with struggle with this idea of resetting, say they want to go for nursing and they did it for a year and they feel like, oh, I wasted a year. Look, I wasted two years. And look, you would never guess that now. Right. I'm fine. It's OK. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I did. You know, um, I, the, the the burning was still there. The desire and the fact that's where I kind of connected with my wife was at 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 Corning Community College. Okay. Um so the burning was there. I just didn't have the skill set, just didn't have the motivation, didn't really understand what it took, um, the self-discipline kind of thing. Um, uh, but so that took a couple of years to catch on. That took a couple of years to catch on. But yeah, I just realized, hey, I, if I want any type of job, uh, any type of full-time employment, um, I need some level of education. You were just seeing the realities of the world at sure. that point in your life going, hey, look, <laughs> no, no high school education no skills, you know, none, right. you know, you're not, you're not Barry Sanders. So you're not, you know, you're not, right. you're not going to the NFL. It's like, Hey, the world is knocking at my door saying you better figure something else out here. Right. Or else right. it's going to be a long, long 70 years ahead or whatever. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, in all honesty, like kudos, you know, I mean, yeah. I, I, I look at that and go, there's a lot of people who there's a lot of people, Larry, who I think would go, the world's against me, right? Yep. You know, and, 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 you know, 
go, it's not uh, kind of, it's not fair. And, you know, kind of yep. dig their heels in and, and go, well, I'm not bending. And yep. um, next thing you know, you're 21, then you're 31, then you're 41. Right. And you're, the yep. world's just blown by you. And, 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 you know, you may see that in, in your, you know, in your, what you do and what you've done over the years. And I've certainly seen people like that, Paul, you too. And that, that's a real tragedy, right? Um, sure. I, I would argue, but so then, then obviously you got, you went to Corning. Did you continue? I went to Corning for a couple of years before I went on to Cortland to get my bachelor's, uh, which was a very good experience for me at Cor Corning as well. Did, did it, did it start to click at some point? It did, but it was basically out of, um, it was just like a burning desire, but it, it was the willingness to do what was not popular. So for example, I my two I, I went for a two year degree when I went back to college at twenty five at the University of Phoenix. Okay, and because I was working full time, and at this point I had children, right? So at this point I have children. I'm working full time. I'm twenty five, and I'm thinking, and I'm battling with this now. There's a, like a million online schools. A lot of yep. traditional schools have completely online programs, but back then it was really frowned upon, yep. and it was really like what you're doing with those online schools. And, um, but it was the only way I could do it. It was either quit my job when I have a family or, or push through and just do it, do it anyway. And I did it. Um, and I did it. And to be honest, it doesn't matter now because in six, seven years from there, all these other schools started to pop up all these other programs and yep. university at Buffalo has an online program and Binghamton university. Has, so the things that were kind of clouding me because I, I hesitated for a year. I talked to the lady, the admissions counselor. And when I first had the desire and it wasn't until a year later where I finally made the, the commitment to do, to do it. Um, and I only signed up for two years. So I'll do associate's degree in psychology. Let me prove that I can even do this. I haven't been in school in almost 10 years. Okay. And I did it, you know, once I lined up with what I truly love, which was psychology I mean, I'm getting A's and B's and, and I'm sitting here thinking I'm dumb, right? I thought I could not do education. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't until I aligned myself with something I truly loved. And then right after that, I mean, it was off to the races, you know, bachelor's degree, master's degree in counseling. and uh, But it was really telling myself it's okay to do it uh, in an unconventional way, right? It's regardless of what the, the populace says, things could change over time. And it and, did. And they did. And 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 I, I'm right there with you. I I was uh, I, I taught at the University of Phoenix at one point, uh, probably eight, 10 years ago. And there was a time where that was definitely not, you know, that was a whole different uh, degree. pro, Right. And now, yeah. you know, I teach for the University of Arizona right now, the global campus, you know, I'm yeah, halfway across, or not halfway. I'm all the way across the country. And every every school has a program out there. The whole thing is really changed. And I find that fascinating and, and frankly, good. Um yeah. Paul, Larry said something. I don't know if you wrote it down, but you're you. He said something that, as far as the title goes, that I just and I'm going to use this going forward. I love it. The willingness to do what's not popular. What a yeah. what a beautiful. Oh, you got it. What a beautiful it. thing to say. I mean, it, it's so true. I mean, what a good lesson, right, Paul? Absolutely. And you know, to piggyback off that a little bit, when you were going, you're not doing this in a traditional setting. So did you try to put uh, 
timelines on what you're doing or in your mind did you know it doesn't matter i'm just not going to stop because i think that's sometimes people get frustrated because they're like i'm going to be here in two years then in three years i'll do this and life happens if 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 you're if you have kids and you're living your life and you have a job like did you focus on a time frame or did you focus just on i'm not going to be denied these degrees and opportunities I, I, the second, right? I'm not going to be denied. So I don't know if you guys are versed in the Bible. So I told you I came to God. So there's, I'll show you how it worked for me. There's a story in the Bible when I first started to read it that really confused me. There was a time where Jesus healed someone and then he said, don't tell anybody. And I remember talking to my pastor who was a kid I went to high school with. And I said, why does he, why does he, I thought that was the whole point here. What are we doing here? Right. I had a lot of questions. I'm a psychology major and I'm learning about Christianity. So I was constantly, I actually started to read the Bible to try to disprove it uh, with my psychology <laughs> knowledge. Cause after I had, after I had a two year degree in psychology, I thought I was a psychologist, right? I, I was diagnosing <laughs> people left and right. I was telling my <laughs> wife, wait a minute, wait a minute. So anyway, <laughs> So it was this, it was what, but really what it taught me is that there was times in our purpose and our, in our, in our mission that we need to have some level of tunnel vision and we can't look at the outside and sometimes we can't look ahead. So I'm going to give you, I'm going to tell you. So I started a two year degree. It's all on, it's completely online. This was back when I was 25 and 40. Now we could do the math and editing. We could do the math of how long ago that was, but uh, I had no internet. So I signed up for an online program. I had no internet. Oh my. So I had two friends. I had two friends that one would let me, I would come to their house after I got out of work at eight o'clock at night. I would come to their house. I would basically write down all my assignments. I had a computer, but no internet. I would go home, type the assignment. My other friend would let me come to his house in the morning. He would leave the door a lot. Sometimes he would, he would, um, you know, stay up, wake up a little bit early. He'd let me come in the morning and I'd submit my assignment because they had internet. So there was this kind of, I'm not going to be denied. I'll do it by any means necessary. I've, by this time at 25, I've lived a full life. I've dropped out of school at 17. At least I knew enough. I didn't want that anymore. And I think what my parents always tried to teach me started to kick in really. Uh, like just, the, just uh, thinking back on the family moments we had, and kind of the consistency of my parents. I wanted to be that. Um, I wanted to be that. So so it was kind of this drive that I have, I have um some ground to make up, right? I have some, you know, so it's not gonna nothing's gonna stop me. So yeah, so it was kind of that uh that that notion. I try not to look ahead. An online course with no internet. I mean, that's <laughs> well, I know, I know we were just talking. We did a uh, like a subscribers only little podcast before you came on. And uh, so many people quit that have all the resources. You pretty right. much had half the resources, but you would not be denied. And, right. I mean, it, it's got to seem I don't want to. Well, it's not easier. You're just probably so used to how hard it used to be. The hard becomes easier. Right. That's right. And you, That's right. You, you just know you're going to do it. Well, there's a there's a lesson in that um, that I would that I, I heard, which was like choose your hard, uh, choose your difficulty. So it's either going to be difficulty striving for success, or it's going to be difficulty staying where you're at, difficult where you're staying where you're at. So you choose which you can choose your hard. If you don't do anything, it's going to be very very hard. If you go to achieve your dreams, it's going to be very very hard. Choose which one you know, 
choose which yeah. one's going to benefit you the most. And that's constant, the constant conversation I was having with myself. And then, then were you all in on the psychology thing and, and just kept pursuing that, that bachelor's master? Like how, where'd that go? Yeah. So, so I did. So this is the beauty, the beautiful thing once you're kind of living with purpose and on mission and, and the beautiful thing that I w- really work with my high school kids or work with uh, college students is that as long as you're going for it, as long as you're on your journey, like life will take you different ways and it's okay. Right. So this is why I don't look ahead. So yes, I signed up to, uh, for psychology because I wanted to be maybe a marriage and therapy, ma- mar- marriage counselor, marriage and family counselor. Uh, but at, as I progressed and I received a bachelor's degree in psychology, um, obviously no one will let me be a marriage counselor with a bachelor's degree in psychology. So I, you know, uh, had to do whatever I could. Right. So I took uh, a position working with kids and then I worked at summer camps. And I mean, one, one position was out in Tawanda, uh, working with kids with autism um, for this. And it was only for the summer, but I was like, uh, I need this experience. Uh, This would be a great opportunity. Um, So I did it. And one thing just kind of led to another, um, even though I was kind of pursuing that. And um, then I received a master's degree in counseling um, and then I started to, I could have went, I was working for Casa Trinity and I had the opportunity to go towards the clinic area, but instead I went towards their prevention and education, uh, department, which, um, prompted me to work in the local, local schools. And then as I'm working in the local schools, I kind of fell in love with working with students. Hmm. And, um, and then what I would do to combat addiction, my method was to give them purpose. So I would take some of these students that were, you know, had all these referrals and suspended from school and detentions. And I would, and I took a group of 20 of these kids to Cornell University for a campus tour, right? And I realized their behavior changed once they're on Cornell campus. It's completely different, right? And I'm pointing out to the students, you notice how no one's fighting or throwing food or like people are on purpose in the library right? They're not being forced, right? And that really opened my eyes of how the power of higher education. So then I fell in love with that and kind of went that route. Um, and now my doctorate is in strategic leadership, was more, which is more of an organizational management uh, degree. It's more of a business degree. Um, but yeah, so I went into counseling. It kind of changed as my experiences changed. And I was, you don't know what you, you, you know, you might love unless you put yourself out there. And I kind of fell in love with working with young kids. And then I Fell in love with working with teenagers and high schoolers and and um, you know college students and things like that. Um, so that's that's where I'm at now. Got a statement then a question. Uh, okay. So Matt, I'm, I'm telling Matt this because I bring it up almost every episode. Uh, I think people once they become determined, like you weren't going to be denied your degrees and your future and everything yet going. But some people get so focused on the end game, they forget, to, uh, like if it's a highway, right? You get so focused on your destination, you forget to take the exits. That's right. I mean, I, I'm just, just telling Matt, because I, I say this every time, Larry wasn't afraid to take the exits and take this job for the experience and pivot and go do this. And yeah. it really it really expands and, and kind of changes your destination too, right? Yep. Yeah, absolutely. So- that was your story was so cool uh quick question matt before i asked my biggie i saw you yeah no no i, I it it's it's right in line with what kind of you're right. saying what because i'm hearing the same thing and larry you said something really unique that was like 
contradictory, but also like makes complete sense. And so right. hear me out. Like you said, you kind of just said off the cuff, it's why I don't look towards the future or plan for the future or something like that. But at the same time, you clearly do because you're like, I'm getting my bachelor's and my master's. And, and I, believe me, I'm not calling you a hypocrite. I'm not saying you don't. Yeah. But like, how do you what I, and Paul, maybe this will go with your question. I'm, I'm not trying to steal steal it. But like, how do you take those two things? Because I think what you're saying is like, I don't want to just say, here's my destination because so many things could happen. Is is that what you're saying? Like, how do you how do you bring those yes, things together? Right, right. And that, yes, I'm not completely blind. Right. We're not going at this blind. What I'm trying to say really is that we're not married to our future, mm -hmm. right? We're not married to our future, but really what we're saying is, uh, sorry, this is another reference, but what I do is uh, I used to teach these workshops called uh, God-sized dreams, meaning you can't achieve this without some type of divine intervention. First, put that out there, right? Put that out there to yourself to say, what do you want to do? Well, you know what? I want to start my own leadership academy. Okay. Now what's the must, what's the mustard seed version of that? And make sure you do that well. And so, so yes, I do kind of paint a picture of what it could look like. Then I come all the way back, and I and Jay Shetty. Do you know who Jay Shetty is? Yeah, I don't. he came. He, I heard a technique that he uses a lot, and which is, give me your thirty-year goal. Then what do you have to accomplish in fifteen years to get to receive that thirty years? And then what do you have to accomplish in ten years and five years? All the way down to what do you have to do tomorrow? Okay, and. uh so that is the intense focus is what do I have to do tomorrow? And mm. you're, yeah, you're right. It does sound contradictory. And, and really we want vision, right? We want to have some type of vision, but it's the marriage to the vision that sometimes throws us off. And we say, well, I didn't get into med school. What am I going to do? I'm never going to do anything. Well, yeah, you can. There's plenty of ways. Or I didn't get, I couldn't fit in the nursing program. Uh, I couldn't pass anatomy. Yes, but there's plenty. You can get into radiology. You can get into physical therapy. There's so many other routes to go. But so, yeah, that's kind of. Well, you idea. know, that perfectly answers my question. That's go ahead. Paul. And it's, it, no, no. And it's it's not hypocritical at all. I mean, when Cam F. Austin was in town, I think you went and saw him at the one. Yeah. You know, he has a new thing now where he's like, it's good to have a vision like, OK, there's a light on the horizon it's a lighthouse and i want to i want to go get to that lighthouse how do i get there will you start taking action or or i'm i'm butchering this already there's a light on the horizon i don't know what it is but i want to go see it and as you get closer the dimensions change the object changes and all of a sudden you had no idea you were going to see said object or lighthouse but you took all those actions in the meantime to get there so sometimes you don't even really know what you're chasing but you know you're working towards something better. Yep, something bigger than yourself, right? Yeah, bigger, bigger than yourself. Yes. Bigger than yourself, right? All right. Well, I've got three other questions, but I want to go back to this other one before we get to <laughs> off track. All right. All right. How you talk about taking the kids to Cornell's campus and some of the groups you've been part of? How could we change education to keep younger Larry Parkers from dropping out or to keep people from being? disinterested i mean you can't just send them to 40 minute classes right and right. say do this do there's too much else in the world especially right on their phones where there's a disconnect and i'm not saying those subjects aren't important but what could we add or do differently that would prevent that 
So maybe I, I would, should read your other book too. Like, right. you know, yeah, if, yeah. If, if you read, uh, yes, I, yes, I'm going to order them. I'm going to order them. But anyway, uh, yes, yes. If you read that, that is what the other book, the All In Initiative, is. It's like in a dream world, what could we possibly mm. do here? And it doesn't touch everything, but it 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 does uh, scratch the surface. So uh, there's a couple things. I'm always um, focused on. We have to teach these, or we have to show, we have to demonstrate to these students how this, whatever I'm teaching them connects to the next level, whatever the next level is. Uh, If I'm in college, I have to show them how this connects to the professional world. In high school, I have to show how this connects to college. So specifically in in high school, what we could do different is uh, mirror some things that sets them better, that sets them up for college. That's just one example. Now there's other, well, there's other routes too, but for example, we have many, I have many students that don't know what a registrar is. Registrar is pretty much the school counselor, but the, 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 the language is much, much different when you transition. And most school kids that first generation students that drop out of college, it's because they don't understand the bureaucracy of higher education. They don't know that, Hey, I told this person that, but that's not the financial aid office and that's not the business office. And, and they kind of get lost in that. If high school could gear some of that stuff, uh, not even the content, but just start to fashion itself. And some schools have Edison, Thomas Edison switched during COVID to have block scheduling, which is more like college. And they stuck with it. I thought that was a really good idea. And uh, our high school has been doing it, but it's uh, things like that. What prepares them for the next step? Um, another thing is um, the relevancy of the topic. I don't know of, of topics that are discussed. I, you know, Shakespeare is a great, great writer. But is he really relevant to the level in which the junior uh, year regents exam, right, is kind of based on it still? Like I was doing it when I was in school and when I was watching Saved by the Bell when I was 12 years old, they were doing it. <laughs> and there's, so this is kind of like the, some of these old things that it's okay to update these to make them more relevant. And some teachers have, and it's not yeah. really... Some teachers definitely have mixed in these things as much as they could. Um, but I always am in the align the, the Latin word for teach. I don't know, I can't pronounce the word, what it means to bring out and not. So sometimes we confuse lecture with teaching. The goal of teaching is to bring the best out of the student. If we can remember that, we would be willing to shift and shape to say, okay, how does this person learn? How are they gonna get this information? Um, so that's one thing. Some Another thing is that you can't really change, which is the regents exam. Uh, yeah. Something I know working in higher education is at our college, we receive several students from other states that don't have regents exams, but they're still accepted in the college and they do well. So why does New York State have this mandate? So, you know, I know that's above all of us, but those types of things are still in there that kind of prevent a lot of students. My son's a senior. Last year, junior year, was extremely overly stressful for him. If it wasn't for me to say, listen, you don't have to take that regents exam. You don't have to, do, you know, if, if I didn't know so much, I mean, he was, uh, it was like, he was very stressed about all these extra regents exams. So what he could have been enjoying high school, he could have been really learning and exploring um, professions and going on college trips. He was stressing about, oh man, I have these big exams and if I fail it i'm you know it's all over so so i hope that answers your question um 
Absolutely. I mean, I, I think at the end of the day, they have to find relevance and they have to experience, right? Yeah. yeah. And you have to, you, teachers have to, as you said, bring that out is the Latin term. Yeah. Cool stuff. Larry, um, you mentioned your religious beliefs and religion a few times in this. Where'd that come from? And, and I, you, I think you, you mentioned your wife and, and, and yourself, you know, had some, a connection maybe through that. And, and what is that? And, and why has that been important on your journey? Uh, well, so all the motivation that, you know, that some people might see in me or, um, or I guess the willingness to go the extra mile comes from that. It comes mm. from serving a bigger purpose, serving something that's bigger than myself um, and having a community of people around me that believe in that bigger purpose. Um, it was, it was my pastor. So, my was my pastor that a lot of this stuff is like, Larry, go for it. What are you waiting for? Well, technically I'm not, so I'm not qualified. Go for it. You know, when I first started, I received an associate's degree in psychology. I was out of work so long. I kind of mastered a resume. Right. So what I started to do was because I had no work experience, no one would hire me without work experience. What I started to do is help some people that I knew from high school that were in jail and got out of jail and needed jobs. I would meet them at Barnes and Nobles. I'd meet them at the library and meet them and I'd write resumes for them and help them get jobs. So then I started to put that on my resume as experience. So then I could, uh, but that, that empowerment came from my faith to say, look, look outside the box, go for it. Yes. You're not getting paid. It's okay. Scripture says you, you know, that it's actually good to do stuff for free, you know? So it gave me a reason to say, oh yes, there is, that is the reason why. Um, so that's kind of how it, yeah, that's kind of how it, it worked and it, it really saved our relationship. It, it strengthened our relationship that we weren't married then, um, until we came together on a common and into a common goal and, and it really strengthened our relationship and, you know, been going strong ever since. Yeah. That, that, you know, you, 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 Paul and I use the words purpose and meaning a lot and you've used yeah. the word purpose and mission, which, which yeah. I love. It's, it's, you know, I, I think they're synonymous um, and I think, you know, Paul and I talk about, we have what we call our four pillars and, and, and they're, they're basically the foundation of a belief system and a value system in order to make yes. good decisions, essentially. And, and what they're all important, but one that, that is so important that we're talking about here is having a meaning, having a mission, having a purpose and, and, and. Gosh, Larry, you probably see this more than any of us here because of what you do on a day-to-day -day basis. But I run into so many people, especially younger, younger people who they just don't know what they don't have that mission. They don't have that purpose. And 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 it's it's sad because how do you, you know, I I, I want to say to these kids, hey, look, you gotta, you got there's there's something bigger out there. There's something more yeah. important than 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 Larry and Matt and Paul. And there's something you know, call it whatever you want, but there's something there that you want to shoot for. But if you don't believe that, you don't have that. I don't know. I don't know how to, I don't know how to convince someone of that. So whether it's, you know, religion and, and I certainly have that in my life um, or whatever it is, finding that bigger mission, that bigger purpose without it, I don't know how you can overcome the, right. I don't have a resume. I don't have a G, you know, I don't, I don't have my GED. I don't have, you know, what, I don't know how you keep pushing past these points that you've clearly, you know, been able to push past. And, and, and I put myself in that category as well as someone who's pushed past things that 
I wouldn't have been capable emotionally, I don't think, of pushing right. past if I didn't have something else like that. So um, um, you know, I'm fascinated by that and, and I think it's so powerful. Um, but I've seen a, I've had I've had a, several conversations with people who without that belief system or a belief system similar to that don't have anything that to, to kind of like grab onto the side of the boat when things are rough. Right. And, right. and, and keep working through. And I mean, have you, what do you tell people or, 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 you know, you've got such a good story. You can, that's certainly helpful, but how do you, what do you, what do you say to younger people, anybody, but younger people are popping in my head. Yeah, sure. Uh, I, the funny thing is everyone laughs at me because I say this, it doesn't matter if you're 18, 28 or 38. The first thing when I usually meet people, I ask, what do you want to be when you grow up? Mm -hmm. um, and some of them say, well, I'm already grown up. <laughs> well, how well, are you? Let's talk about it. <laughs> Let's talk about it. So, you know, a lot of that is relational, right? So a lot of it is one. So once you're engaged in a relationship with people, some of this stuff is contagious um, once they see um, certain things. So one one example that I always use when I'm talking to young people or even someone in their mid-20s and they're looking for a career change. What's the career that you would do for no money? What's the career that you would do absolutely for free? And that's the one that you would, that's the one that's going to get you through. If you're choosing the career path based on money, then you're going to be, you're chasing something that's, you know, I heard uh, someone say money's like electricity. So if I took $20 and I buried it in my backyard, 25 years later, it'd actually be worth less money, right? You can't hold money. You can only harness it like electricity, kind of control mm. it. Like so we that. should not be seeking, that should not be our goal, right? Let's let's obtain something that no one ever can take away, which is edu education, a trade, a skill set. This is something that no one could ever take away from you. What would that be? There's a great book called If. There's a great book called If by Mark Batterson. This is a huge one for me. It's called If. So what the author saying in it is a lot of times when we say what if, we take the negative side of it. What if and we take the negative? What he says, well, what if, you know, it yep. actually could happen. Right, uh, right. The other twist. It, the right? other side, it's 50-50. You can choose which one you. So these are the types of conversation um, that I that I have and then introduce people to other people. I've done been. Because I worked in the high school, I've been taking my son on college tours since he was in ninth grade. And now he's a senior. So I want to introduce him to college kids who love college. That was my goal, right? I want you to sit with them. I want you to eat lunch with them. I want you to go to class with them. I want you to see this world. Forget what everyone's telling you. See what I'm talking about here and then make your decision. And because of that, it really sparked him. And I do that with a lot of students. I do that with a lot of kids, a lot of young men to kind of just give them a window. That's the only thing you can do, right? Is to show them um, and be there for them when they want to, right? Um, and 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 do some investigation yourself. Um, I know stuff about degree fields that I have no business knowing about because I'm not, I'm not nowhere near, right? Uh, the level oh, yeah. of being able to succeed in that field. But I, I just obtain the information because I might need it someday to help someone, right? And then I say, hey, you know what? Recording Community College has a radiology program with Arna. Did you know that? Did you, you know, yeah. even though I'm never going to take it, but I could help them with it. Right. Um, so that's that's kind of how I do it. Sometimes it doesn't work. Sometimes it just doesn't work. No, but you're more apt to 
be like the what how's that go matt the five people you hang out with six people what do you always tell me yeah the the you are the people you hang out with you are you know and the 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 five people you hang out is is with your you know one of the things i've heard more recently i study at harvard the 10 people you hang spend the most time with you will make within 85 percent of of the average income of those and it's just another study that basically proves again you're going to you're going to be like the people you spend time with so you want you want your son to go to college let's make sure he's hanging out with some college kids right and you you know you will make those types of decisions and and um you we, you know we all kind of probably i bet you weren't when you dropped out of high school you probably weren't hanging out with a bunch of kids who were going to go to go to college right i mean i'm i'm pretty confident <laughs> you know right, bringing that right. up it just it just makes sense you know it just right. it just makes sense of so that's something paul and i reference quite a bit and in the the data seems to back back it up is is yep. true so put yourself in position right if you want to be that radiologist hang out with people who are into radiology or you want to be a you know, a plumber hang out with plumbers or, right, or, or right. whatever the case may be. Or, right. Elect exactly, exactly. So um that that all that all makes perfect sense. And and anecdotally for me, I I, I think back on that and I go, Oh my gosh, at certain points in my life, because I Larry, I I think I've reinvented myself five, six, Look. seven times, you know. Right. I'm forty eight. And yep. and, yep. and I, I at least five, probably more. And when I I didn't think about it at the time, but when I look back on what happened to drive that need to, whether it was good or bad, you know, what was going on in my life, boy, did it have a lot to do with the people I was around. Sure. Yep. You, uh, and speaking of that, you basically and your wife have an angel on earth because, uh, how, how important was meeting her with everything you're doing today? There, I mean, I think I already know the answer, but yeah. Yes. Yeah, so it was very important. She was the, the, she was the muse, the, she was the muse, if you will, um, and still is, right? So I always want to make her proud for sure. Um, there was definitely a part early in our relationship um, that um, something sparked in me is that, you know, I've loved my girlfriend at the time to be proud of who she's dating, right? And I had so many friends, uh, or not, I wouldn't say friends, but so many in my circle as I was dropping out of school that, you know, that wasn't our reputation. Our reputation was, you know, you know the, the girlfriend always had to make an excuse of what, you know, uh, he's he's not working. He's just, you know, whatever mm -hmm. the case is. And I, you know, she really gave me that inner drive to want to make her proud um, in that sense. Right. To be proud of. And then my kids came along. Right. I, I, all my kids, I want them to be proud of who their dad is instead of instead of the other thing that that really just kind of touched me and yeah and it started with her it started with meeting her and yeah that's that, that, that's awesome your your story's great and i used to ask the question i always say this what would you go back and tell your 18 year old self but i don't think that's necessarily necessary because i think your journey right it was met the purpose behind your journey is to get you right where you are today so what i will ask you is you're going to have your, when will you get your doctoral degree? So the way the doctorate works is a little tricky. So it could be this summer or it could be five years from now, but I don't <laughs> think it's going to be five. I don't think it's going to be five. So pretty much I'd start my research very soon, the actual research. So I'm doing okay. all the prep for it. 
And then the research, I have five years to like collect okay. all the answer. So, you know, the July to fall of, of 2024, uh, depending, but you know, I, I'm I'm focusing on higher education. I have a lot of connections in higher education. So I'm hoping I get responses back fairly quickly. Mm. Um, so yeah, this summer, um, fall. Well, so my my question now is uh what Matt and I, what I found, what we found with all the guests that we have on is successful people don't stop. So right. when you climb this mountain or, or achieve this pinnacle, uh, what's going to be next? Do you know, or do you just know it'll be something you won't stop? No, I won't stop. I already, I probably do what Matt did, uh, teach, uh, Liberty university, maybe teach some adjunct online there. Um, I'd love to do a, some some type of leadership academy form of some type of leadership so I can have these conversations with young men and women um, as they're transitioning. Um, I'd love to, you know, I have plans that I'm drawing up to uh, do some type of summer kind of program for two, two years. You start in junior year, you do the six week summer program and the whole idea is to prep you for the next step. Um, so yeah, I, I have a bunch of things drawn up. Um, um, yes. And it's going to be one of those. So, you know, write another book, uh, keep publishing books. So yeah, I won't, I don't think I can stop. And I'm going to give you, I don't know if anyone went through this. When I graduated with my master's degree in 2014, I didn't go back to school. This is another thing on how we respond to difficulty. I signed up for my doctorate during COVID. So when people were scared for the, our future, I said to myself, well, I'm going to make sure I come out of this thing better than I was, regardless of the world's going to crap right now. Right. So uh, I signed up during COVID, um, but that was 2020, 2014. Like when I was done with school, I went through like a seasonal, like what you would say a seasonal depression. Like I went through this law, like I'm not productive. I'm not working on it. Like I, I went all this schooling and now I'm not in school anymore. What am I going to do? Uh, but I got I, I got really active in my church and the community and my wife, my wife and I did a lot of leadership workshops and trainings and um, things like that. So I don't think I can stop if I wanted to, um, to answer your question. That's yeah, awesome. Yeah, Larry, the, Paul, your COVID met. First of all, you're you're just same thing when I got out of school and like I'm always got to be improving myself somehow. Right. I got I have the same issue. It's like. I've got one shot at this thing. I got one life. I'm going to spend it sitting on the couch watching Netflix every night or, or like right. that just doesn't resonate with me. I, I can't, I can't, I can't understand it. So I'm wired just like you are, but you know, you talk about you going to COVID and like, like you said, the world's going to hell in a handbasket around us. We have no idea what, what tomorrow holds and you're signing up to for a degree that's going to take you, you know, four five, six years to obtain right. That says so much about your mindset. Paul, you did much the same thing. That's why I'm pointing it out in terms of your career and yep. wanting to improve. So I just thought it was interesting. Oh, absolutely. And I want to hear more off the record or any way we can help with a, a summer leadership academy. I mean. Oh, yeah, that, absolutely. That, yes. That's not, I'm going to speak for Matt like I always do when I get a chance to. Uh this would be okay. right up our alley. We can do Matt. this together. Yeah, absolutely. We can. Yeah, absolutely. I, uh, uh, I, I worked for Upward Bound at Binghamton University, and I worked for Cuca College's HEOP program. And both of them came with a four-week summer program 
for first generation students to prepare them. So I got a, I have a lot of ideas and frameworks and uh, things that I've experienced that I've done with that. And I'm like, well, this would be an amazing opportunity to just offer this to in the community. Students don't have to spend the night or stay there and live right. on campus, but we could definitely do this. Um, I'm spreadsheets, entrepreneurship, finance, leadership. Yep. Uh, yep. Anyways, we'll, yeah, now yep. you've successfully hooked us, so now we have to have you on again sometime. All right, um, okay. We we can't just we can't just end this and say, well, he was nice, but on to the next person. Yeah, I got you. That's the plan. That was the whole plan the whole time. <laughs> now I'm I, I'm glad. I mean, I've I've obviously met you a bunch of times now, and we we uh, message each other on LinkedIn all the time, and we're in the same community, all of us, and. You're, what you're doing super intriguing. I I over here on my other computer order both your books as we were doing the podcast. So all right, perfect. Uh, and you know, we do this to spread stories and and try to try to bridge the similarities that successful people have over. Well, maybe success is the wrong word. Doers over non-doers, maybe because doers always know there's just another hurdle or there's another barrier and you're going to be determined to get through it. And Matt and I have both received a lot of feedback of people that are listening and making changes in their lives. So that's good. That's really good. Your story is going to resonate very well with so yeah. many people. Yeah. Well, that's well listen, you know, that's my goal. And um, I just hope to give back, uh, you know, give back to the community. That's, that's it. Make everybody a little bit better if I can, right. If I can help in any way. Absolutely. And, uh, for, I ask you for the names of the books again, and I have the link, so I'll take care of that when I publish the episode, uh, tell one of my all time favorite students in the history of Edison high school. I said, hello. <laughs> I will. I will. I will. And my name's Paul. Mr. Paul, Mr. Yeah. Paul, Mr. <laughs> Larry, uh, keep doing great things. And, you know, I, I always say, well, next time you're on, update us with what you're doing. But we already know what you're going to be doing and update sure. us with what you're doing. New probably will be the yeah, yeah. Great way to look at it. Hey, thanks for coming on. Hey, thanks for having me. It was great Thank to meet you, you guys. Much. Appreciate All it. All right. See you soon. Bye. Yeah.